What's up, buddy? Hi. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a few episodes since we've been uh, together. It's true. It's very true. I was missing you a lot. Felt like I was a crazy person. <laughs> I was just talking to myself. <laughs> Literally talking to myself because of all the people that showed up for the giveaway episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I came back from that cruise and I was like, ah, oh, let's see who won. And, uh, you know. Sally Mander. Sally Mander. I was mm. excited because after all the shit we talked about, the people of the, the Sally Mander community, I think they deserved it. Yeah. They I deserved the so. win. It yeah. wasn't fixed. It wasn't like we did that to like cover our tracks or you know make up for any wrongdoing. If anything, I tried to swing it back the other way. Yeah. Because I was work. like, I'm not giving a fucking prize to a salamander. Fuck you. Yeah. No. We don't uh, do that here. Yeah, integrity won the day. Integrity over hate. Always. So what's been new, man? It's been a it's been a what week, week and a half, two weeks since we've done yeah. gotten together to sit down and talk. I know. It's been a while. We didn't forget about the giveaway, people. It's still on, so it is. It. We're yeah. gonna keep plugging it. We're gonna keep on doing it until you motherfuckers share some shit. It's true, it, dude. It's the easiest way to win fucking twenty five dollars. I was gonna save it for the end of the the end of the episode, but I'm gonna uh, I'll say it now. The the hashtag is WTFada giveaway one. We can come back to it. Yeah, we'll start off strong. But, keep it in uh, the back of the minds. But yeah, you can use that hashtag. Let us know. And uh, what what do you think? We'll come back every month. We'll double check. Yeah, we'll I let it go for a while. Yeah. You know, we get it. Every month we'll check. We'll see. We get it. And then whoever's there at the end of every month, if it's just one person, then that's the automatic winner. If it's a couple of people, then we'll do like the whole picking a name out of the hat. Yeah. Thing, you so, know, your chances but are good. Trust me. Fucking great. It's not going to be a big pool to choose from. No. You got not yet anyway. $25 Amazon gift card and the fucking stickers. These cool ass stickers are pretty cool. I, even I if bought, you fucking hate us, dude, just. Yeah, seriously. Love stickers, man. Nobody will even know it's associated. Yeah. And like, the design's cool. It's cool, man. And you get one with mine and Ron's beautiful faces on it. Mm hmm. I mean, you can burn. Yeah. You if you don't like it. us, you can put it on a, a dartboard and just. That's true. It actually would be good target practice because we're, we're kind of small. It's like, we're fucking talking about darts today bam bam yeah anyway yeah so um um fucking let's let's start out with we talked a little bit last night i went to see dr sleep with john last night it was his first time that is actually my third third last night yeah i saw it once but when the second time you saw it i'm surprised you were able to see it three times with how quickly they pulled from the theaters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went back. Um, I don't know, man. I didn't have anything to do. And I just sort of was like, I enjoyed it. And I wanted to kind of, you know, I want, given that I had the extra time, it was mm-hmm. like, let's try to watch it a couple of times and like try to dig a little bit deeper into it and like try to notice as much as possible. Movie. It's good to a see fucking a long movies. movie. Yeah. It is a long movie. Um, so yeah, that was my my third time seeing it last night. Um, the fuck was I going with this, man? Oh yeah, so okay, so literally, I haven't seen you in a while. Why don't we start with some what, what, what's been going on with you and your cruise? We, well, I know we talked a little bit about it last night before yeah. the movie, but well, yeah. So obviously, I haven't been on the past couple episodes. I've been on a cruise, mm-hmm. a seven day cruise to the Bahamas. Sounds beautiful, luxurious, and it was. It was nice. Yeah. A lot of eating, a lot of drinking. I, I am afraid to step on the scale. 
Just don't do it. I'm not gonna. No way. It's a blackout date from like my birthday in <laughs> September <laughs> until like January second. Well, I don't fucking look. I mean, fuck it. If, if this upcoming, you know, latter, you know, latter half of, um, well, the, I would say the beginning of next year is any indication of how the past few years went. It's going to be rough from January all the way up until what, fucking April. No, oh, yeah, it's like gonna how, be fucking you know, miserable. Yeah, so I got to put weather. on the winter weight and I got to hibernate. And that's what it is. So that's that's what I was in preparation for. I can't stop fucking eating lately. Like I just can't. It's fucking crazy. I have no self-control right now. And it literally is because I'm like, there's fucking snow is coming. Yeah. You know? I'm like panicking. Um, food's just delicious. I just love it so much. So delicious. You have a bad day? Food. You hungry? Just food. Fill that shit up. You know? You don't want to live anymore? Food. <laughs> I've been like wondering if I'm like committing a slow suicide. Yeah. I'm well, just we- like stuffing my face with the worst fucking garbage I possibly can. Take your poison, man. I like variety. I like to do a little bit of everything. I mean, I like in terms of suicide or food, um, both. Oh, yeah, I said, picky, uh, you mentioned, you know, am I just like slowly a, a slow descent into yeah. like self sabotage and like there's a lot of different ways to do it and you got to try them at all. You got to. It's fun. You, know, you just food, let you let it burn. A bit, you know, not exercise. It's great. Yeah, you know? you know, you build it up and you fucking burn it down every time. Like that's it. That's my. That's my. I yo yo. That's I just. That's what I do. I can't. I, I I was like, yeah, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my mindset that I had during the summer. I'm real disciplined during the winter and shit. Fucking no goddamn yeah. way it's happening. I don't know why. I wish I could. I wish I could solve that for myself. I think I'm close though. I think I'm recognizing that it's like okay, it's it's because of like an instinct. It's because of the winter and the cold, yeah. and that's what's causing it. Well, like I've I've had success in you know the colder weather. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just. Uh... Something about the cold that really wakes you up, though, you know? Yeah. Kind of makes you aware and gets you going, so. It's true. I just uh, haven't gotten the ball rolling just yet. It's all right. Been doing it here and there. Take a little bit of time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I've been on the cruise, so I haven't been on a couple couple of past episodes here, and, you know, it was, as you can see, I didn't die. I was very fearful. You didn't die. Yeah. It's the tail end of hurricane season, and I was terrified, but, you know, if I'm going to go down drunk on a cruise ship. Not the worst way, you know? No, not the worst. But the worst is being smothered by Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> in a sexual situation, <laughs> if I'm not being clear. That's oddly specific, and I feel like that's something you fear for every day. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a scientific name for it. It's like uh ro- rosiocoidal phobia. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck me right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you there's, feel there's it, something you for everything, man. It's like there's like a fetish for everything. There's a fear for everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I, you know, I, I was on the cruise ship, and other than eating and drinking, I watched some movies. So I, I saw Ooh. Toy Story four for the first time. Excellent. And I know we talked a little bit about it last night, but you know, I really enjoyed the movie, and I got a little emotional towards the end. Yeah, um, man. Like way more emotional than I got at the ending of Toy Story three, which I know was like a big thing for everybody mm-hmm. because you have the toys and Andy separating. Right. But right, to yeah. be completely honest, I don't give a fuck about Andy. 
Andy oh shit. Never, he was never honestly to me. He was never a big character in that show. Like Fuck. he was just. We, it was Andy's toys, man. Yeah. That was the real connection there. I get like it. it was cool. Like Woody was like, "That's my, that's my man. That's awesome." Yeah. But then it separated. I'm like, "Oh well, like all the people that I care about, are still you know all the toys I care about. Sorry, are still together. Right, so right, it's right. Fine. Yeah, I guess that's got, true. You know, if you haven't seen Toy Story four, stop listening. Yeah, um, I'll give it five, four, three. And since you've fucked off at this point, um, you know, you, you get the movie. He he has this new girl and he's kind of projecting what he's missing with Andy onto this new girl. And mm-hmm. she, you know, she makes this toy forky while it's out of trash. And mm-hmm. he's like, you got to take care. You got to take care. And like, you know, you really see how what he really misses that in his life. And, yeah, you know, he's reunited with Bo Peep and he ultimately comes to the decision. He needs to do what's best for him and then he separates he leaves all these friends behind and to me that's what really got me Mm -hmm. you know because he's come to a point where it's he chooses a life that's going to be better for him but he's leaving behind so much yeah you know what it's what all these movies were about leading up to this is just like how close tight-knit group these toys were and i was like damn yeah what a tough decision to make i think like that that's one of those things where i don't know I think it's easy to like not pay attention to like a what is a kids movie, no. but I I have consistently been amazed at how fucking tragic Toy Story is yeah. as a story because I literally feel like this entire thing, like you said, like it's almost like the whole story um, feels like it's about systematically peeling away everything that Woody values, mm-hmm. everything that Woody needs. And I feel like Toy Story 4 puts him in a place where it's like, I, I have nothing left. Like, I am just, I am me. Yeah. And that's all I have. And I fucking feel that shit. Like, I know that, that I live mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Well, like, and then, you know, there's the aspect is, as time goes on, you, you know, I mean, I'm sure you have it too, where you have people that you were really close to before. And for no reason in particular, other than just the way life shakes out, you kind of just lose them. Yeah, and you know you have all these good memories you build with these people, and you just grow older, and you know you choose different paths, or you know what's best for you isn't best for them, and you go separate ways, and you just lose people. You know they don't yeah. have, they can't text each other. You know right. they can't email each other. They're fucking toys, but they still love each other the same. Yeah, and they're gonna suffer from that. It's gonna suck. Yeah, but yeah, it's intense. The, the the Toy Story movies, Pixar movies, in general, pretty great. Yeah, they know how to really grab your heart and just fucking crush it. They do. So you're just they like do. a sponge. Just you're you're literally dry. in their hands, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that was my take on Toy Story. I enjoyed it. it yeah, fun. got me emotional. And um, also something I didn't mention last night. So I ended up watching the uh, the Dora the Explorer live action movie. Oh fucking and, Christ! How was that? Uh, I mean, it was an atrocious piece of shit, but what to expect. <laughs> expect. Um, <laughs> I mean, you don't go into this with high expectations. No, all right, let me just like back up just a little bit here on why I'm spending my time on a cruise ship watching Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what was going on You know, we, we did all our daytime activities and yeah. it was just the nighttime and it was time to chill and they, were, they had it on the, the top of the ship. They, it was like their screening movie that they were doing. They, like, and they chose the Dora the and Explorer. They chose Dora the Explorer, like late at night, you know, not that kids really have a bedtime on a cruise, but 
you know, it's like 11 o'clock at night, Door of the Explorer's on. What the fuck? We're like, fuck it, let's just sit down and see, check this shit out. All right. And Let me rewind to something that you said last night. You said that the cruise that you went on wasn't a party cruise, as in there weren't a lot of young people, right? Yeah, it was apparently the cruise that we went on was more family oriented. Okay, so there were kids on board. There were kids on board. When you explained it last night, I thought that you went on a cruise with seniors. No, no. (laughs) They're all 80. It, it, it honestly was a bunch of like old people that just chain smoked in the smoking section. It was awful. I tried that to go sucks. down to the casino and it just was the worst experience. <laughs> I grew up in a house where people smoke, they don't care. And yeah. I didn't notice how bad that was until I moved out. Yeah. And I go back, I'm like, people smelled this on me at school, everywhere I, I went. Yeah. It, was awful. So it sucks. But yeah, no, it was basically, it was like 90% old people on scooters, trucking around, and then people with their kids. It was terrible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it seemed like the, the people that made Door of the Explorer was like, we know this is a joke. We understand it. And we're going <laughs> to direct it as so. Like, I, it, it was comical, you know. You got to get on that Stardust app. Gotta log into our oh, WT yeah. Fada and throw that throw a review of that shit up there. Oh man, yeah. what, do they, what do they give us? Like thirty seconds? Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. It's enough t- time to say it was an ap- absolute piece of fucking shit <laughs> trash. Yes, man, some of the best work I've ever done in my life has been in thirty seconds. So I got this. <laughs> some people would say the only work you've ever done in your life has been within thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well this took a turn uh, I also just want to say to everybody I know I mentioned on uh, the first giveaway episode when I was explaining where John was that um, he was the hardest working dude I knew I just want to throw out there congratulations John got a new job oh I did yeah yeah and now um, excellent it's great because I feel much better now yeah it was time. Yeah. You know. It's going to be a little bit smoother for you. It is. It's nice. Really good. Good things are coming. Yes. I'll open up open up my schedule. Well, made my schedule a bit more flexible to uh, work on projects outside yeah. of work that uh, for sure. I've been wanting to do for a while now. Yeah. So. It's going to be good. Well, uh, good keep shit. Keep those on the wraps for now because it's mm. scary, but, you know, maybe once the ball's rolling, you know, we can stop plugging some things. I feel like we... What are we having a WT Fada reveal here? Is this kind of the stuff that we talked about last night? Yeah. A little bit yeah, of that. We'll, okay. We'll talk about right. that at, All right. you know, once we get the ball. We'll keep it on the down low. Keep yeah, man. So, you know, that's yeah. what's been up with me. What's been up with you? Um, well, I've pretty much just been, you know, plugging away work and all that shit. I did have um something eventful happen recently, and I was like when I went to the movies with you last night, I was sort of like, okay, like I got to make sure that I keep that off the, off the table. I don't want to, I don't want to say it until we're recording. I don't know. I'm we trying talk, to structure we, this. We talked for hours last night. And we you talked had for hours. To say and you didn't say it. Yeah. I got in a car no. accident. You did you really? I got in a fucking car accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was driving down three a in Bowerka and there's the seven 11 near the Wendy's. Yeah. And there's the fucking two driveways. I'm driving down the second driveway. 
there's a red Ford Escape, right? Completely stopped. Like, gonna pull out into traffic when it's clear. I'm driving. I get past the first driveway. And then the dude fucking gunned it. And I had zero time. Zero fucking time. Wow. I fucking hit the brake. I knew that there was nobody to my left. Because I had, you know, when I go through intersections and stuff, I usually always just double check everything real fast. So <clears throat> I had already looked behind me and I knew that there was nobody down the road, you know, nobody that I could see. So when he pulled out, I was like, holy shit, I had 20 feet. I hit the brake. I swerved. And I was like, I'm not, I don't, I can't, I can't go too far to the left because there's oncoming traffic. So I was like, I have that one lane of wiggle room here. I'm not going to be able to stop. I have one lane. And I'm like, hopefully, because he's not going to, he shouldn't be going that fast if he's pulling out, right? So hopefully he sees me, is able to brake. So I hit the brake, swerved left, closed my eyes, and then all of a sudden, like, bam! And I was like, shit! I was fucking sitting there, and, like, I went to, all right, ready for, like, some, some information? You guys, I've cryptically talked about some things in the past. Um, I will tell you that I went to anger management uh, earlier this year. Um, kind of, like, in the late summer, early autumn, probably. So this was, like, a test um, from God. Yeah, I fucking, so I, the car comes to a stop. I, like, fucking put the brake on. I put it in park, and uh, I brought my hands up. I just put my hands in my... I, I put my head in my hands, and I was just like... Then <sighs> 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 I got out of my car. The guy was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I'm okay. And I was like, okay, cool. It's like, my phone's a piece of shit, so you might want to call somebody. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll call the cops. I was like, good. Excellent. <laughs> I screamed fuck once. Once. I had to get it out of my system, okay? Uh, forgive me. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. But it was funny. He was, The way that the cars were positioned, he couldn't get out of his car, right? Mm -hmm. And I had people... <laughs> I shouldn't say this on the air. Never mind. But he, he couldn't get out of his car. I won't say the reason why he couldn't get over the center console of his car to get out the passenger side. You might be able to figure it out. Um, but it was funny. He was complaining to the cop that responded. He's like, oh, I, can't, I need to get out of my car. And the cop was like, well, you can't. And he was like, yeah, but I'm, I, I want to get out. And the cop was like, well, you got to wait for a tow truck at this point. That's what it, that's what it's gonna be. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, okay. I just want to get out of my car." And the cop was like, "Are you in a fucking hurry?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's how this whole thing started. Jesus. As a matter of fact, how yeah. bad was the damage to your car? He got the front. He got the passenger side corner, like right before the tire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I've been nervous about it. I'm like, I, I really hope I'm not found at fault and stuff. And I'm like, I was driving straight yeah. down a street. 
This dude was pulling out of a fucking parking lot. Like, so did you get no... it all fixed up and everything? And it's not yet. It's no. I haven't even heard back from the auto body place Still yet. Drivable though. Drivable. No, I'm 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 in a rental oh, okay. right now. Gotcha. Which they assured me they're like it's going to be on his insurance, but I'm like I'm waiting for the other the other boot to drop. Where they're like, ah, oh, no, you were at fault, so you owe the the you owe Hertz, you know, three thousand dollars. I'm gonna be like, fuck you guys. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Well, I'm glad you're all right. You look good. <laughs> yeah. You know, no. I don't see any injuries on you now that I'm looking because I know you got a car accident. Yeah. I mean, I had my back was bothering me for a little while, but I that, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. People are assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just is one of those things where it's like, <clears throat> he's sitting there fully stopped, you know? And you're just like, there's no way you fucking pull... Like, I'm like I'm driving straight. He knows that, right? He knows that. Yeah. You think. He didn't know that. He didn't know that. No. And that's how Asshole. Um, and if anybody wants to know what his name is, it is a... Uh, no. no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> License plate number. Yeah. He lives at thirty-seven. Um, now our legions of fans will be able to go out there and cause him trouble. Yeah. Um, you fucked with the wrong podcaster. <laughs> Let's see what else. Uh, I saw two movies. I saw Charlie's Angels. Yeah, Charlie, right. you told me that. And I saw The Good Wire. Um, the good wire, <laughs> I feel like I saw two movies that are like on opposite sides of the spectrum or so something. So before we go into the good live, we yes. saw the trailer for it last night at Dr. Sleep. Yes, and yes, yes. I was I'm like, what the fuck is this movie about? Cause it seemed like a bunch of senior citizens who are just murdering people. <laughs> like, it's just like, a, as they do, yeah. they, you know, very dangerous. That's why we have to keep them in homes when we make it. Seem like it's for their protection. It's for our protection. Yeah, um, yeah no, I mean, so... Yeah, I'll talk about The Good Liar first. So The Good Liar, Ian McKellen uh, plays a man named, allegedly, Roy Courtney. Um, and Roy Courtney is a con artist, 100%. So he's spent his entire life like going around and just leeching off of people. And, uh, you know, some of the people, like, you talked about people getting murdered in the trailer and stuff. Some of them are people that, like, found out what he was doing and were like, you know, you can't fucking do this to me. I'll beat the shit out of you. And he was like, actually, uh, eat a train, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it was, it was good. It was good. Uh, the third act was, like, very, um, felt like I'd seen that movie before. In a weird way. Yeah. Like, it just was like, it started to feel very derivative where the beginning of it, I felt like it was like, okay, I, I know I've seen like con stories before, um, but it, it didn't feel terribly familiar. And then the third act, it was like, they went beat for beat every cliche that you can do in those types of movies. It felt very unimaginative. How um, um how good of a liar could this guy have been if he had a string of people that were figuring out what he was doing? I mean, when if you're gonna name the movie the good liar, you got to make this guy like a really good liar, or else. I'm slow. gonna try to say something cryptic, okay? <laughs> the title might not refer to him. Ooh, yeah. The plot thickens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like a Fud Rucker's milkshake, the <sighs> plot has thickened. 
I could go for one of those right now. All right, we're going to end the show. And yeah, we're going to go to Fud I wants anything. <laughs> Email me on my web zone. I was, uh, if anybody, I'm, I'm a YouTube fanatic, so that was just a little Red Wetter Media uh, kind of. What what I call that reference? Oh yeah, uh, a red free plugs media too. Reference, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. If you guys haven't watched Red Letter Media, you should probably watch it. It's very funny, very good stuff. But yeah, he always asks people if they want. Does anybody want? A, does anybody want a pizza roll? Mm-hmm. If you want a pizza roll, email me on my web zone. I saw people in the YouTube comments underneath one of their videos that were like, is that pizza roll offer still on the table? <laughs> it's like it's, it's like three years ago that they offered it. <laughs> it's like, you probably don't want them. <laughs> Maybe he'll make a fresh batch. I don't know. Um, yeah, so The Good Liar, yeah. The only thing that bothered me about it was the... Um, their, Helen Mirren has a grandson... And the grandson was played by this actor. I don't know his name, but the only thing that you really need to know about him is that he can't act. That was the that was like a big caveat with this particular movie. Every time he was on screen, I was like, this guy like goes from like nothing to like way over the top emotionally, and then nothing, and way over the there's no mid-range, there's no subtlety to his performance. And he was just like like the first time he really met Ian McKellen's character, without provocation, he was immediately like, he was immediately like, you know what? Why is he over here? Why why is he in your house? He shouldn't be here. You know who who the fuck is this guy? You know and all this shit. And it was like, <laughs> your grandmother can't have like a friend, yeah, yeah. A boyfriend. <laughs> like what are you saying? Like, like it almost felt like he was like. He was like, you're so fucking ugly that no guy would ever waste his time on your saggy old ass. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's obviously here for some ulterior motive. Yeah. And it was like, it would be okay if that was earned. Like, if, if there was something that had happened where he was like, he walked in and Ian McKellen was like picking through her purse or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I would get mad too. Mm-hmm. But like, this was like they were sitting there having dinner. <laughs> and he fucking freaked out. Yeah. It was weird. Really weird. It's very strangely written. His entire character. Yeah, yeah. It felt like it was written by an elderly person. That's like, oh, I understand how elderly people talk to each other, and then and millennials are all assholes. You yeah. know, <laughs> it was really weird. Um, and then I saw Charlie's Angels, which I talked a little bit with you about last night. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it was a movie. I think it's probably middle of the road. I think that the script was actually better than I would have thought. And they had some cool reversals in it. Yeah. And they would sort of like be like, oh my god, here's a plot twist. And then they would be like, no, 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 no. That's only one half of the plot twist. And then they would fucking, boom, and you were like, holy shit. So it was kind of exciting. Um, obviously isn't doing well at the box office. Um, and I know we talked last night. I kind of said Elizabeth Banks, you know, didn't stop at putting her foot in her mouth. She, like, shoved it down her throat into her stomach and is, like, digesting her toenails. Because I don't I don't understand. Basically, she said the reason that her movie flopped, 
which I understand you're going to be kind of sensitive about it, something that you worked on for like two fucking years. Yeah. Um, she said that the reason, she thinks the reason that her movie flopped was that men uh, will not go see <clears throat> female-led action movies unless they are uh, related to superheroes, which she referred to as a male genre, which I'm like, that's... Not I, even a little bit true. I don't feel like it, really. No. There's a lot of female comic book fans. Um, there are, for sure. I think that <clears throat> one of the reasons that it didn't do well is because people are suspicious. And it's like what I said to you last night. I am a white male. I'm tired of like going everywhere and being told that I'm the problem. Because I'm really not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just living my life. Living your life. Um, and I, I think that... The ads for Char like doing Charlie's Angels in this climate doesn't feel like it's going to be fun for everyone. Yeah. You know? And I also know a lot of women that feel the same way that are sort of like, I don't understand why guys keep getting like show act and like shit on like nonstop in movies and shit. I know a lot of people that feel the complete opposite way and they're like, yeah, 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 tear it down. But I think that that's the problem is you marketed Charlie's Angels and I think that people might have felt that it was going to be political, so they didn't go. And then people that felt it was going to be political and did go quickly spread the word that it wasn't, so then the rest of them didn't go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Makes sense. There's no audience. Um, overall, I liked it, though. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would, I'd probably watch it again. I don't know. I'm easy to please. I like movies. Mm -hmm. I like movies. And Kristen Stewart's fucking hot in that movie dude <laughs> she i'm not her type but she's hot <laughs> um yeah so that's pretty much my updates that's about it yeah i put reviews of that over on the stardust app you guys can check them out um is there anything else i wanted to say about the whole charlie's angels thing i think that that was it i think that was it yeah i'm good I don't know. I right. have not seen Charlie's Angels um, for no reason other than I just haven't seen it. You've been on a cruise. You know, been on a cruise. You saw Dora the Explorer. You showed saw... support for female-led action films. Yeah. I mean, when I say the movie was an atrocious piece of shit, I don't mean... I you don't have to it. like it. You I mean, went. It was a Dora the Explorer live-action movie. Like, even you could do everything right and it would still be like... It's still Dora the Explorer live action movie. <laughs> I wonder if that gritty Barney reboot is going to be part of like the cinematic universe of Dora the Explorer. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. Holy I didn't fucking shit. Yeah, they're doing uh, the guy from Get Out, Daniel, I can't pronounce his last name. Mm -hmm. um, he, I guess, is like, he, I thought it, it felt like an April Fool's joke, but it had like the news came out like two or three weeks ago that he's doing like a gritty Barney reboot. And I'm like, gritty? Yeah. What, what Barney? Is, what is that? What the fuck are you talking about? Is, is he going to like kidnap and murder children? Is that Maybe. Like, how gritty it's going to be? I don't know. And I can't, I can't suss out, like, I, I could see, I could see one way that it could go, where it's actually about the guy that was in the Barney suit. And I'm like, okay, so it's actually about like a person instead of Barney, the dinosaur. But it's very ambiguous, the announcement. It doesn't really say what exactly they're doing just very strange news interesting yeah it's been it's been a while since anything barney related has come out right i mean 
I don't I'm even sure know. If, is it like on? Little things for kids. I don't know, man. Paw Patrol's the big one that I hear about a lot. Yeah, I feel children. like Barney got fucking edged out. If you like Barney, see Death to Smoochie. It's a solid movie. movie we should do a show on that at some point. I gotta introduce you to that. Finding out you hadn't seen The Shining was a shock. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So that's it. You want to uh, talk about the main event? Doctor Sleep. All right. Speaking of movies that didn't do too well. All right. Here we go. We are also once again brought to you by Ron-III-Art.Redbubble.com. Uh, go on there. You can check out all of my work and also pinned right to the top of the page for your convenience is the WT Fada collection. Get some merch. Get some merch. Helps us out. And, uh, you know, if you love the show, you know, show it, you know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Good quality stuff. Really happy with what uh, John and I got. We talked about the t-shirts. Um, I also have that notebook, and I think John said he was thinking about getting the Bob Lazar Space Pimp shirt, which would be fucking fantastic. I'm uh, excited to see how that one came out. If it came out good, I'm going to grab one too, because I'm a self-promoting whore. But hey, that's what I do. Um, yeah, so uh, check it out. R-O-N-I-I-I-A-R-T dot redbubble dot com Mr. Stone, your daughter is special. I think you know that. You're magic. Like me. I always called it the shining. These things need what chance. And they notice that little girl. Be well. So how bad is the is the damage as far as this movie flopping? Well, let's just say so it came out last week, right? While I was away. The eighth. Yeah, does that eighth? seem right? Yeah, I guess I guess it did. November yeah. No. It's been two weeks. How did this happen? Has it been two weeks? Yeah, November 8th, and it's the 23rd now. What the fuck is oh, happening? Why am I confused about this? Oh, I think it came out the day before I left. Right. So that's why. Yes. And then I came back and didn't... T- okay, so it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, because you came back, you came back, and then you came back right when we did the last show. So then we didn't do a show for a week. So yes. it's been two weeks. Two weeks. So yeah, to put it into perspective, I uh, you know I tried to see the movie so we could do this podcast. And when I went to go do it, um, only one Sorry. theater near me was even playing it, and the only show times they had were after 10 p.m. Yeah. So that was one. In the, I mean, I, I heard the reviews weren't that good, but I like to keep note in mind. And then when I went to go get tickets to the movie it just wasn't it's like gone showing up anywhere and what I, a, that was really odd yeah. i i don't really like 
Rotten Tomato scores or anything, but do you, do you have the RT score there? Rotten Tomato What's seems to be the 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 mark that everybody uses now, which I hate. I'm like, just read the fucking reviews. Why are we scoring it? Yeah, some fucking tomato. number. So, hmm. audience score was 89%, which doesn't seem bad. No, not at all. And the uh, tomato meter was 76%. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it should be more success. I don't know. I think maybe it's like a runtime issue and also like maybe people... It was long. You know, you're doing a sequel to a movie that came out in 1980. It's like, maybe the audience isn't there. <laughs> well, I know we talked about it last week. I, you know, the first... I will say this is the first time I've watched The Shining from mm-hmm. beginning to end. I think it held up pretty well over the years, but yeah, you know, if people wanted to watch it for the first time in present day, I, I don't think they'd be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I would. I wish that I could understand because it does pose a really interesting question: like, why did this not work? Why? Why wasn't the audience there? If you can say that the general consensus is that it's a high three out of four <laughs> movie three out of four star movie then you're like okay what is the what's the component that doesn't work you know because you have stephen king who even pet cemetery did pretty well to my memory obviously the it movies have been huge you know and it just seems like it's like a renaissance for stephen king horror um it's a weird situation to be like, okay, so we got a good director, you know, maybe great. Um, Ewan McGregor, you know, and, you know, to she's not as big of a name, but Rebecca Ferguson, you know, a couple of character actors that I really love seeing um, in there too, which doesn't mean as much to some people, but... You know, you, I feel like Ewan McGregor is pretty well liked. You know, I don't feel like many people say that they dislike him. Yeah. Um, I just can't really figure out why it, why this happened the way it did. It wasn't awful. No. I mean, I, I know The Shining. I know the, uh, the, the credit that people give to The Shining. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. it's one of those iconic movies and it has a big big name so anything to follow has big shoes to fill cast a long shadow and i think what happened was there were very very high expectations and you got a mediocre movie in my opinion Mm -hmm. anyway and uh i think people were just pissed yeah you know when you care that much about a movie you want whatever you know it's like scrubs ends they do the ninth season of scrubs and it wasn't awful, but because of how much I liked Scrubs, they brought up that piece of shit season. So I'm gonna call it a piece of shit, and I'm gonna be angry about it. It's a high. It was a high bar. Like Scrubs was pretty consistently great and high level of laughs per minute. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that that ninth season, a fucking mistake, big mistake. Yeah, should have just left it alone. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I kind of, uh, I'm still, I'm a little bit baffled overall. I cannot, 
can't really wrap my head around it. It seems like the components are there for it to work. And I, uh, was there anything that throughout this movie that you looked at and was like, okay, I could see why people hated this. I mean, probably torturing a 12 year old to death for a half an hour. How long was that scene? I felt like it went on and fucking on. It was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, just fucking kill him. Like, just goddamn. Yeah. Like, the little girl in the beginning, you know, you, you know that it happened to her too, but they just kind of like, okay, we're not going to show that. Yeah, but, it was weird just from the start, man. The vibes are very weird. Mm-hmm. Like, very... I'm like, why are they doing this? Yeah. It be this yeah. creepy. You know, you can get the point across that you have a cult that's trying to get, you know, keep people shine, which they don't even tell you that. You know, it's, you, you kind of figure it out. Put yeah. Two and two down the line in the movie. But I feel like a scene like that, you kind of got to set it up. Like, listen, what they're doing here is you have a cult that's, they need this to survive, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And, you know, I would have been a little more comfortable with the, the opening scene. But yeah. it made me feel very uneasy. Well, it's Stephen King has like a, I, I don't know exactly what it is. And I'm going to be polite and just say that I think you, because children are vulnerable, they make yeah. for good horror fodder, <laughs> you oh, know. Um, but he does have like a preoccupation with with kids. Yeah, he's known. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean. I don't know. I shouldn't. Sorry. Sorry to all the Stephen King fans and also to Mr. King. You're a literary genius and I don't think you ever actually did anything to a child. But um, (laughs) but it is kind of weird. And like they lean into it like in this movie, Mm -hmm. you know. And I mean like they kind of do in the It movies, but it's a lot clearer. It's it's more genre-y. You know, this one, it's like, it's just adults preying on kids, you know, and maybe they, they shine, you know, and that makes them slightly different, but it doesn't feel yeah. as I mean, genre-y as shape-shifting clown, but you know, the movie, you know, you get it. Yeah. You know, they, I feel like there were a lot of like cheesy lines where they kind of just said things that they didn't need to say. It was like, oh. Well, you know, you're older now, Daniel. I mean, I guess it makes sense that, you know, when you don't really shine as well as you do when you get older, mm-hmm. and it's like, we can imply that. And I feel like it's just kind of stuff that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to say it's almost like an, you're insulting the audience's intelligence, but, you know, it's, there's just certain things. Well, because it's obvious, you don't need to throw up there. Right. It's like, well, it, so what, what my issue is, they want you to know something and instead of creatively getting you to to figure it out they're like just say it yeah just just say it yeah, yeah. like that that scene when they're digging up the the kid with the, the baseball uh, yeah glove. yeah mm-hmm. and they get to Fuck. him and it's like oh they didn't burn him that deep it's shallow <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks for yeah. pointing that out to me, sir. I mean, it, well, I it, feel like you just was saying it was disrespectful what they oh, had done, yeah. but like it's an interesting point, though. Like, if it, it does feel like they're just. Wasn't like, even that deep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it only it only took us uh, 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 like a half hour, and that's why we're going to be able to drive back. Uh, they they drag okay they didn't drag it up but they the way they set up that scene they made it seem like they were digging all night long yeah and then they dig what two three feet maybe yeah you know all night long yeah. all night all night yeah I yeah I can see that 
I can see it. There were a couple weird, like, just commentary in that movie that made me just, like, what? Like, What's so, happening? So, yeah. So, the the part where they, they, they set the trap for the, the call. What are they? The, the True Knot? Is the True Knot. The True Knot. K-N-O-T. They, they show up, you know, in their, their Winnebago and... They they go, find the girl on the bench, and then they they stick her with the sedative. And yeah, it turns out right, to be, right. Uh, the doll. Hold it's up. like a projection. The, yeah, yeah. Which was really cool. Yeah, it was great. And the guy's just like, parlor tricks. Yeah, parlor tricks. And then I'm like, <laughs> what? I, I don't know. It's just, it was. They got to make sure you understand that what what was happening. He's like, parlor tricks. She's not even actually here. She yeah. must be using her ability to shine to project her presence yeah. here from where she actually is. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just like, like he was almost. <laughs> I'm pitching dialogue. Yeah, he's just like, how dare you fool me with parlor tricks? You know? Yeah, a weird, weird. And then word. So they could have leaned into that more too, because I feel like the um, I feel like somebody in the modern day saying parlor tricks is like really weird. It is, but <laughs> but when you realize that they like are from different generations, yeah. you know, then you're like, oh, but they didn't do that enough. Mm-hmm. Or it'd be cool if like some of them talked with like they grew up in the Victorian era in England, yeah. So they use their their verbiage is, is kind of like this weird mix of modern and that. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also like, well, they also have lived so long that maybe the way that you talk over time would change. It's like when you move somewhere and you pick up the accent, you yeah. know? So I don't know. And, maybe that's a stupid idea. I don't know. And, and the point, you know, we talked about how long mm-hmm. they've lived. Um, you know, I feel like since we didn't have any backstory of these people whatsoever, there was... The impact that they try to uh, make with this true knot wasn't – they just couldn't reach that because you just have a bunch of like weird-ass people and it's like, oh, we're supposed to be extremely scared of these people. They're very powerful and we didn't get any buildup to that. It was just yeah. like, be scared of these people. They're powerful. You know, mm-hmm. They've lived for a long time and to me that just wasn't enough. Mm. You know, And back to what I was saying about this, just things that were like, like just say it. Just put it out there. You know, when, when – um, the grandfatherish character. Yeah, Grandpa dying. Grandpa it's Flick. Like, I'm scared. Yeah, he's scared. Like, no, you're not. You lived through this era and you did this and this and they made statues about you in this era and they did this and this and it just seemed like it was very just like we don't know how to tell you this, so just we're just gonna be blatant and say it and I don't know. Stuff yeah. Like just like I guess so. Rubbed me the wrong way. I don't yeah. know. I mean, that's the impression I kind of got from it. It makes sense. It was just like a very corny, cheesy scene to me. Yeah. No, I get I get that. I yeah. can understand that. Yeah. I, um... <clears throat> I heard, I've heard a lot of people, like, talk about the true knot with sort of a... Um... Like a feeling of, like, disappointment or uh, this idea that, like, they weren't... Like you said, they're not threatening enough. Or yeah. something, you and know. It seems like they try to make them threatening by like, you know, the the RV pulls up and they put spooky music. And it's like ah, oh, like they're telling like be scared of these people. Yeah. It's like why? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I kind of like. For me, I don't. You know, you know that something happened to Violet Hansen in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But I I feel like. It doesn't really all come into play until, what was his name, Bradley Trevor, I think, the baseball boy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, for me, that was the point where it was like, all right, like, I'm, 
I maybe I'm not afraid of them in terms of like my own safety. Yeah. But the fact that they're doing this to kids, I'm fucking mad. You know, oh, that absolutely. for me, it wasn't necessarily like they didn't invoke a fear response, but they invoked like a disgust response. Mm-hmm. So my disgust with them fueled my desire to see them brought to some form of justice, you know. Yes. Um, and that's kind of how it is in the book, too. I mean, they're not they're not frightening, frightening. I think they get a little bit frightening when you see them in action. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it works a little bit better in the book than it does in the movie. Um, but just the the idea that like, okay, well, we know that she's going this way, but we also have been able to narrow down where she lives. So we know where her house is. So we're going to split up. And like that whole thing with Crow Daddy and the, you know, uh, a lot of good people died today, but the ending stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you were always going to be ours, and that whole thing. I was like, okay, yeah. And I think, like, that's that's interesting. They didn't, they didn't explain enough of them. And even, like, at one point, Dan's like, you know, these people are incredibly wealthy. I don't think they're worried about the police. And it's like, how are they wealthy? Like, we have not seen... Yeah. You, you... Okay, we may have, because they have a Winnebago with a gigantic jacuzzi tub and shit, you know? But, like... You don't know that. So why are you saying that? Mm-hmm. It's weird. There's some strange stuff going on in the scripting. Yeah. A little bit different. Well, I mean, it seems like the ability to shine comes with a lot. Mm. And it seems like almost too much. Like the possibilities of what you can do when you shine that just seem limitless. Yeah. So it's like nearly anything is possible. Yeah. But, I mean, there were a lot of cool visuals, mm-hmm. you know, when, um, I guess you can call it when they astral project. project mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fuck find, yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're going through the sky. And, Rose you know, the hat. Yeah. yeah. That was really cool. And, they, you know, there was a lot of um, cool Easter eggs, you know, returning back to the Outlook Hotel and mm-hmm. nods to The Shining. Yeah. It was cool to kind of revisit the, those things. And, you know, you had... You know, soon after the beginning scene where you meet Violet and you see what these people are doing, they kind of go back to um, where Danny and his mother left off. Mm-hmm. He's having a dream. He's back to that. I don't know why that him riding around on the trike is uh, is so memorable to me. But it's yeah. just like uh, when you know seeing him. You know, like, like I said last night, whip around the halls like he's telling me pickles on the trike. You know? Yeah, it's, man. It's, it's, it just seems like that's something that's like one of the moments that it defi- you know, defines The Shining. And it's not even that big of a scene. Like nothing happens. But I think it's just the – there's a couple of things. It's like it's one of the marked changes of camera angle in The Shining. Mm-hmm. Everything else seems to be kind of at eye level. So this is a down low – and the floor is zooming by underneath the camera. Yeah. The sound of the trike, the wheels on, the plastic wheels on wood on carpet. Wood it's ominous. On carpet. Yeah, it's it like builds up that tension. Yeah. And then I think it's the, might be the last tricycle scene in the movie is the one where he turns the corner and you get the twins. Yeah. So it's like they've built up that twins moment they had throughout a lot, the whole movie, you know. They had a lot of mirror scenes. Yes. Which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they did some cool things with that that stuff and like callbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I um, I think I liked it overall. 
I think the first time I saw it, I liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then I, over time, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to kind of pick it apart a little bit more, you know? Um, but yeah, I thought performance wise, I didn't notice anybody standing out as particularly weak, you know? Um, what do I want to say? I don't know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> what the, the F are you talking about? What the fuck am I talking about? Um, yeah, I the so I understand why the <clears throat> the baseball scene boy went the way that it did. Um, it's in the book. It's horribly upsetting in the book. Um, just as horrible, if not more, in the movie because mm-hmm. you're actually like seeing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very upsetting. Um, but I do have like some things to say about that that are actually it's it's, a, it's kind of fun. Um, so I listened to like a couple of interviews and stuff, and Rebecca Ferguson was she plays Rose the Hat. She's kind of the leader of the True Knot, or at least the maybe she's something like a commander of it. Like I feel like Grandpa. Grandpa Flick is like the the real head of the of the group, mm-hmm. but she is the person that gets everything done. Grandpa Flick's like retired at this point. Um, but I remember I saw the interview. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson was saying that she was asked by somebody how she was going to be able to handle that scene because I guess she has a son who's twelve and. Uh, she was like, "Well, it's going to be easy because I'm a I'm I'm an actor, you know. So I'm going to be able to separate myself from my life and just be in the scene, and it's not going to be a problem at all. Yeah. No sweat." Um, and then I guess that that kid that plays the baseball boy is um, he was just in Good Boys. Do you remember seeing the trailers oh, for that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's one of the kids in Good Boys. Um, I've seen Good Boys. And I guess he's worked with uh, the director's Mike Flanagan. Um, and I guess he's worked with him before. And uh, he came to set. It was actually his 12th birthday when they filmed that scene. Um, and Flanagan was like, okay, hey, like, uh, are you going to be okay? You know what you're doing and everything? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. I practiced and I know what I'm going to do. So they start filming and... They have him like all tied up and everything, and uh, they call action. They start filming, and this kid starts bringing it. Like he's thought this through. He knows the beats. He knows exactly. He knows the facial expressions, the way he's gonna say the lines, all that stuff. And I guess they were filming a double, so it was like they were filming him, and they were also filming like the True Knot members that are torturing him. And I guess as soon as it started, Rebecca Ferguson just started crying. And she couldn't fucking stop. She was like, she said that she was wiping away her tears because she didn't want to ruin her takes. But it was so gut wrenching for her, like listening to him scream his little heart out. And I guess even the guy that plays Crow Daddy, um, I guess he straight up was like, I need, like, I need 10 minutes. I got to leave. And he he walked off the set for like 10 minutes and then came back and they continued. And uh, 
the way that it was described is like they filmed quite a bit and uh, not all of it is in the movie. They filmed as much as they could, as much as they thought they would need. And they were Mm -hmm. like, we'll figure out how it fits in the movie later. Yeah. Um, And I guess when they finished filming, uh, the kid that plays baseball boy uh, slipped out of the ropes and he stood up and he was like, yeah, that was great. (laughs) And then he walked away. And I guess everybody else on set was just like, (sighs) (laughs) oh, my God. And they were all fucking wrecked the rest of the day. So they had to they broke for lunch and like this kid's having his his uh, birthday cake. And everybody else is just sitting there like, I don't have an appetite and like happy birthday and everything, yeah. but I gotta, I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty fucking, pretty intense, pretty intense scene. That kid really sold it in a big way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what he was thinking about. And I just, I'm, it's horrible when you see like, when you see kids in movies and you realize that they have to like think about the shit that's going on in the movies mm-hmm. to like do that performance. Yeah. It's like, that's horrible. Like this, he was 11 when he was practicing yeah. and then he was 12 when they filmed it. And it's like, uh, I'm not comfortable with an 11 year old thinking about like, okay, what would it be like if like seven adult strangers kidnapped me and then tied me up like spread Eagle in uh, an industrial park and then tortured me to death. Yeah. What what would I sound like if that happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like that, man. It was wow. fucking exploitative and fucking creepy as shit. Incredibly morbid. Yeah. But it was, it was exactly what the book was, too. Yeah. Like, the book kind of walks you through that scene because Stephen King always needs to have one... He needs to have one death that's like, this is why you want the villain to lose because you got to remember this shit, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like, you know, it has one in each section of the story. So it's Georgie. Um, Just because it's so creepy, the way that, like, he lures him in, like, the way that Pennywise lures Georgie in. It's very much the, you know, creepy stranger, like, I have candy in my van sort of situation. And then the other one is Adrian Mellon. Uh, in the adult portion of that story is when the guys beat him up for being gay and then throw him over the bridge and he like drifts down the river and uh, Pennywise like Pennywise gets him too, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, there's always like a, there's always like a couple of signature, like this is the reason, you know, and I feel like the baseball boy scene definitely, definitely does that and kind of compels you to be like, I hope Danny beats their asses yeah you know um i thought it was really cool the way they overcame rose the hat it was interesting Uh, yeah it's a little bit different than the book was it yeah how so i'm trying to remember exactly the situation but in the book like most there was quite a few members of the true knot that were still kicking Mm -hmm. um this movie changed the fate of a lot of characters. They're a lot crueler to their characters in the movie than in the book. Um, so I think it was Danny, Billy Freeman, and a doll in Abra's place that had gone up to 
the grounds of where the Overlook had stood before Jack Torrance had burnt it down. And... I forget exactly how this worked. But they wiped him out real quick. The the True Knot members. There and were I more think, of them at the finale, like the final. Yeah, 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 there was more. And I think Rose and Danny do have like an altercation, but it's on like this watchtower. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she... I don't know. I can't remember exactly how it went in the book. It was a, I listened to the audiobook a little while ago. Um, and you haven't lived until you heard Will Patton pretend to be a 10 year old girl. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, uh, they had a thing where she got pushed by some unseen force off of the watchtower and she dies and then when Danny's leaving, he turns around to the watchtower and he's trying to figure out like how it happened. And then he sees Jack Torrance up on the watchtower. He realizes really? that he got the little assist from Dad. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's a very crucial scene to to put in a movie. You know, that's yeah, it went down. I think because the differences between Jack Torrance in the novel The Shining and Jack Torrance in the movie The Shining, it's like okay, you can't. That's right. yeah. Feels like he's, you know, I, I said it before, but like you have, um, I said it when we talked about The Shining, but like Jack Torrance in the movie is condemned in ice, and Jack Torrance in the novel is redeemed in fire. You know what I mean? They pair well the two variations. But in this one, you had to make a choice, you know, and because you're doing a film, it makes more sense to lock into what was in the Shining film. Um, They did a really good job of marrying the two stories in this one, though, because I felt like Danny now gets to do what Jack did in the original novel. You know, Danny gets to spoilers, spoilers, so many spoilers. Don't listen to our shows if you haven't seen the fucking thing. All right. Um, but yeah, Danny kind of gets to burn down the hotel and he gets to have that whole, that whole purging of the, the evil, you know? Um, well, he goes down, he goes down with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just like Jack did in the novel. Mm -hmm. It kind of like brings it all full circle. I guess Stephen King has said that it completely redeems Stanley Kubrick's crappy movie. Um, really? So Stephen King liked this one. Then. That's what Stephen King said. He said that I'm I'm finally a fan of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, and I was like, "Well, it took you long enough to pull your head out of your fucking ass." Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I I haven't read The Shining, all right. So I'm maybe I'm not speaking. I'm not speaking from a completely informed place, but I know that Stephen King gave the uh, the certification of like the TV movie is the is the real story and it's real good and all this shit. And I watched that and, uh, not for me, man. Sorry. Yeah. Not interested. Um, I don't know. Stanley Kubrick made a movie that's just layered and interesting and compelling. Did, and, um, did the way Rose, uh, like her, the way she dressed and, you know, did she kind of mm-hmm. remind you of like a clockwork orange kind of? 
Yeah, I, I like, didn't really think about it, but yeah, the hat. Like the hat, yeah. Yeah. I feel like she kind of looked like she, you know, yeah. was part of that crew. I don't know. It seemed yeah, like she it could. was like a. Yeah. I can't, I, cause I kept um, looking at her. She looks like really familiar. You know, I've, yeah. I've seen her from anything before, but I'm like, just the way she's dressed, like her character, I'm like, I feel like I've seen this character somewhere before. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, reminded me of a clockwork orange with like the hat and everything. Yeah. I, um, the only movies that I've seen Rebecca Ferguson in really that I can remember is um she's in like the last three Mission Impossible movies. And it's like fucking crazy because she is like a smoke show in this movie. Like every time she's on camera, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can <laughs> dive over the fucking seats in front of me to get to the screen and, you know. <laughs> accost it um i had to hold you back a few times a couple times a couple it was times. fucking embarrassing i know there wasn't um, really a lot of people in the movie theater but still it would have been too much it would have been too much but no like she's so gorgeous in this movie and mission impossible nothing not even once did i see her in mission impossible and was like yeah for sure <laughs> and i don't know what it is and I hate the fact that when I find her attractive, she's going around the country torturing kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what does that say about me as a person? It's not what it was, though. It's not the reason. I think it's just like she had, like, she just had a different energy about her yeah. in this. Like, in the Mission Impossible movie, she's very, like, kind of straight-laced and um, dubious, I will say, of dubious morals. So she actually was in a few movies that I've seen. Um, what you got? Life. Have you seen the movie Life? Oh, Life yeah. She apparently was in that. Uh, the Girl on the Train. I guess she I was did in that. watch that a little while ago. Yeah. A couple more recent ones that. Um, from the past few years. I mean, not that I'd remember. Hmm. But, I mean, she was in a couple other notable movies, obviously. Yeah. She was in Mission Impossible. And she was in the New Men in Black movie, which I haven't seen yet. I did see that, and I fucking, I, I can't place her. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, yeah, but she's just unbelievably beautiful in this movie, and uh, I think it makes the fact that I hate her like that much more like <laughs> potent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the very like interesting emotions that. Riles up in you. You're like, well, I fucking movie, hate she's you as a person. Like, very powerful, confident. Walks around yeah. with that. Um, what would you call it? She's got swagger, man. Yeah. Like, she's got female swagger. You know. Yeah. It's good shit. It's good shit. I liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and hated her even more. <laughs> oh yeah. <she's- laughs> it's just so weird. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, what did you think about the ending? Like, I know you you kind of brought up the how they defeated her and all that stuff. What did What do you think? I I really liked. Um, I think the the return to the Overlook Hotel in general was a very strong ending to mm-hmm. the movie. You know, yeah. I again like just to revisit the Overlook Hotel and you know we kind of they kind of set up that scene where he goes inside and it's like I can't stay out here with you. I need to go wake up the hotel. Mm-hmm. And he kind of walks through, and you kind of get like a a, a literal walk down memory lane, memory lane. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I didn't see it coming. You know, obviously, Abra is extremely powerful, and she was 
I found her terrifying at times. Yeah, Abra the, could be creepy. The first time she she trapped Rose. Yeah, the fucking like no eyes yeah. thing. That was crazy, creepy, dude. Yeah, so I thought she was gonna be the one kind of go head to head. Yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, she's still a child, and she's going against someone who's been around for God knows how long. Yeah, you know. So she that final showdown with with Danny. She mm-hmm. goes into his head, and the, the second you see all those boxes, you know, they kind of alluded to that. Mm-hmm. You know, when they said that the reason they're bringing them her there is because that place is dangerous for people who shine brightly. Right. Right. And, uh, they open it up and you get all the character, you know, the iconic characters you Mm -hmm. see from the shining at once. And they just boom, pounce on her. I thought that was really cool. I felt like there were some characters that were like, yeah, and we added a couple. There were a few people in there there that I was like, what the fuck? Like where, who are you? Mm. Who the fuck are you? Like, I know uh, the, like Horace and, and Delbert Grady. Mm -hmm. The woman in the tub, the twins yep. saw that, but that was like this young woman in a green dress, oh, and uh, a young man in a black tuxedo. And it's like, okay, well, I know that there were like other party guests and stuff, but like at that point, like show everybody that was in the gold ballroom, mm-hmm. like all of them are there. Yeah. You know, just weird, you got a weird lot of shit. Boxes in there. There's a lot of boxes. Yeah, yeah. Danny's, Danny is visited by. Like the spirit of Dick Halloran. Dick Halloran, and Dick Halloran explains to him that he can trap these entities in this box. And um, that's how he can stop them from haunting him, more or less. And that's how he gets out of the whole situation with Rose, is by opening the boxes and letting them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, cool. Also, if they're with you, they're in you. And you didn't have to bring her to a hotel <laughs> at all. You know, that's that's. I didn't even really think of that. You could have just been out in the woods. You could have walked up to where she's like sleeping in her RV and been like, "Okay, guys, go get her." You yeah, know. Well, I mean, that you know, weird. Him and you know, young young Danny, I believe, is when he has a conversation with Dick Halloran. Or maybe when he's older, he's like, "Hey, you told me these were pictures. They were just yeah, pictures, pictures in my head. They can't hurt me." You know, why, you know, he's like, well, you know, you, you shine very brightly and, you know, they're coming for you now. Right, right. They're leaving that hotel. They need, they need, it seems like the hotel needs people that shine to survive. Yeah. It's like they're breaking the rule that was set up in the original story. Mm -hmm. But Stephen King does that too. You know, that's the same thing in, in, uh, well, actually, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Pump the brakes. So they do have the element. You know, it's fucking crazy. They have the element in the book that he's trapping the ghost in the boxes. But it doesn't come back. There's no payoff to that. It just is they're in his head. No. But they don't use it. It's really weird. Actually, like it works a lot better in this movie because you know, in the very beginning, you set up the idea that like now he's carrying them around, yeah, and it's like this is a secret weapon that nobody knows about, and then he unleashes it, and he uses it, and it that's really fucking cool. But it's not in the, it's not in the original story. I don't think yeah. that I can remember. It's maybe, a better move in the film. You know, maybe these spirits, whatever they are, that he, he has trapped, are weaker out there. 
you know, maybe that's Could why be. he's... He was able to stop them while he's outside of the hotel. But right. Because the hotel is like a nexus point for yeah. some type of... It's where the physical realm and the metaphysical spiritual underworld are like. They meet mm-hmm. in that one place. It's the apex, you know. So it makes sense. Maybe they're, they are stronger in their old territory or something. You know, it's weird because he, he burns down the hotel... You know, and uh, he does that because obviously it's dangerous and it's a threat. But they closed it down and boarded it up so nobody goes there anymore. You know, it's 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 in like the mountains of Colorado. You know, people don't go out there. Right. And even though he did that, Abra is still being chased by the woman in the shower at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't seem like him doing that did anything at anything. all. At all, aside aside from just get rid of that, like you said, that nexus point. Well, even then, like if you go back to the book and they talk about the grounds where the Overlook once stood, it's like yeah. it's still haunted as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like it's just woods now, yeah. but it's still like it still does the same things. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get rid of it. You can't burn it down. So I get, you know? I get why you would want to, but yeah. it just seems like. If that didn't happen, nothing really would have changed. It's a natural reaction to a supernatural problem, yeah. and it don't it don't fix it. Yeah. Symbolically, we're like, all right, good, we burned down evil. No, you didn't. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. Yeah, that's kind of weird. There's a lot of like weird, funny things where they like. <laughs> I said it as soon as I left the theater the first time I saw it, and I felt very clever. Uh, but it was about how like the Colorado, either the police in the town where the overlook stands or the colorado state police whichever okay the the law enforcement uh entities that processed the scene of the crime in the original shining movie right after the credits roll and like they plow out enough to you know to go up there and wendy's like yeah, my husband went crazy. He killed Dick Halloran. He's uh, up in the lobby. It's all uh, terrible. I don't know if my husband's okay. I don't know what's going on. And and they're like, okay, well, we're going to go up. We're going to check. So then they go up, and they're like, holy shit. Dick Halloran's dead. That's fucking crazy. What killed him? And they're like, well, he's got a huge hole in his side. You think it was an axe? She was saying that her husband was running around with an axe. Like, oh, fuck. So the husband definitely did that. Like, all right, well, now we got to find him. And then they, like, they must go into the maze. They find him frozen. Like, oh, my God. He died out here in the elements and everything. This is terrible. There's the murder weapon. Like, all right, cool. What do we do with it? They're like, well, clean it off and then bring it back into the hotel and put it in the case. So that Dan Torrance can use it in 40 years yeah. to fight Rose the Hat. <laughs> that was supposed to be the same axe, right? Is I mean, it, yeah? maybe. That's my impression. Was I'm like, that is the exact same axe from the other movie. Yeah. It's like the big silver and everything. And like I would imagine it's the same prop that they're using in the flashback sequences yeah. when you're seeing Jack Torrance running down the halls and stuff. And I'm like... What a weird thing to do. Like, that's in an evidence locker somewhere. That yeah. should be in an evidence locker somewhere. 
<laughs> very well, strange. I had a similar moment of that, not like a, a huge scene or anything, but the one where um, Danny goes up to the bar and Jack. Yeah, Jack Lloyd. Tor- yeah, Lloyd. Lloyd. It's supposed to be young Jack Torrance. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that the musical chairs of identities. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, that glass that's sitting there, you know, I yeah. felt like it was the same one, the same glass, the same bottle of Jack Daniels. Like yeah. Parallel you made about the Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. Son. yeah. Yeah, I never thought, but this movie makes it very explicit that uh, Jack Torrance's favorite brand of whiskey is Jack Daniels because he's, you know, he's a very unique person. Um <laughs> And they, it had never occurred to me that like maybe that's the only reason that Danny's named Danny. That Jack was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, hang on, this is a golden opportunity. We're having a boy. I'm Jack. He can be Daniel. Yeah. And then it will remind me of how I'm a raging alcoholic. You know. <laughs> I mean, my God, it's so. Funny. And Wendy was just like, "Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> fine by me. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever you want, Jack. I promise." Yeah, I know this, this, it's still on the grounds of the hotel. You know, maybe some supernatural shit happened. And they were like, use this axe. You know? <laughs> I just feel like, I just feel like, like that's, it should be an evidence locker somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, killed a man. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember, like, they showed it and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Danny's got the axe that he shouldn't fucking have. You yeah, know, like, yeah. it was just really weird. Um, I didn't put that together. I mean, you know, you see the axe, you know it's the axe. The axe is... They have to have them use it, right? They have to. They have to. It 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 only makes sense being a return, but it just, it was very... It, it, it did kind of, like, suck me out of the movie because then I'm, like, sitting there trying to piece together, like, what are what's the logical events that would have led to that coming back? Because I don't feel like in the original Shining we even see where the axe comes from. I don't remember. We don't see it on a wall like we did yeah. in Doctor Sleep, which yeah. I almost would like better because then you're like, okay, maybe the maybe it is like a manifestation mm-hmm. that the hotel like provided. They were like, here's this gleaming, shining axe, mm-hmm. you know, that you can use to fucking destroy your family. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, it was it was strange. That that whole thing was very odd to me. Um, <clears throat> Is there any other like weird inconsistencies? I feel like that there's because he's trying to marry a novel and a movie together that these types of inconsistencies are going to happen. Yeah, you know, he did try to pull a fast one though. Like I really feel like he tried to pull a fast one with the axe because I feel mm-hmm. like he went like, well, they're invested enough and I could do anything now. I yeah. could do anything I want now, mm-hmm. and they're going to just follow along. And it's like, nope, you took me out of the movie, man. You started making me think about other shit. You know what was really weird to me too? You know, remember that? the scene where um you know they kidnap uh Abra and they, they murder her father. Yeah. Man. You get Fuck. You get the scene where uh Danny and, and Abra are in the car and uh-huh. the mom's calling. She's like, Oh crap, my mom's calling. You know, yeah. in such like a light tone that it's like, what, like you're skipping school or something? <laughs> you know, know, like your dad just got murdered and you're just like, Oh crap, my mom's calling and it just, like shoots back to the scene that's like I feel like it was glossed over. It was like, yeah. you know, it's the cops are there. The mom's freaking out. And she's just like, I love you. Bye. Bam. Yeah. And like that was that. And then the next time you see them together, it just doesn't seem like. No hard feelings. Yeah. 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 Again. It's cool. It's just weird to me. Again, like the uh, Flanagan goes in the direction that he's going to be a lot crueler to his characters mm-hmm. than Stephen King was. 
and like like in the original novel Abra's parents are okay like the plan works you know and and everybody's okay everybody's safe everybody makes it out of the of the story except the bad guys mm-hmm. um spoilers um but the the thing that like really like that that's where it gets tricky because you're like okay so like Abra in the movie her dad fucking dies that to me would have more of an effect on what she's like at the end of the movie yeah right but instead they do this new thing and then it just feels like abra continues being the abra that she would have been in the novel had her father not died Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah it's like he just defaults back to what the novel did so that he you know i don't know it's weird i feel like she would have been more emotional seeing rose the hat she knows that like her people are the ones that you know they killed her dad yeah. you know so i feel like she would have been more more of an active role or even like when she has like a couple of strong words you know um but it just feels like even even the whole Dan coming after her um, doesn't happen in the book. Because, again, they're trying to marry the two stories. And they need Danny to have the redemption arc that Jack had in the original story. But it felt almost like um, that could have been more emotional for Abra too because it's like okay well now this is this person kind of is the next best thing to a dad I have and in the novel they knew each other since she was a baby baby um because her ability to shine is so intense that like when he was he was aware of her existence before she ever wrote on his wall Hmm. like he had felt her out there you know, and he'd always been like, I wonder who that is. And then over time, it actually turned into something where they started communicating and everything. Yeah. Um, so I feel like because that relationship is a long-standing one, and they didn't get into it in the movie, so maybe it's, it makes sense that they didn't have this so much. But to me, it's like this is her, this is her like surrogate father. This is like the next best thing. So... I feel like some of her actions seem a little bit maybe not played as heightened as they could have been. Yeah. Danny telling her to run when Rose is approaching them and her just being like, okay. I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like she'd be like, I'm going to fucking kill this bitch. Yeah. You know, it would be more of an argument. She's, been consistently through the movie a total badass yeah yes and she knows how strong she is she's and she's extremely confident openly openly disregarded danny's advice in the past mm-hmm. like he was like stay away from them just leave them alone and she was like okay also guess what i did yeah. i trapped her and i got in her mind and i rifled through all of her thoughts you know <laughs> i feel like it would have been another situation like that mm-hmm. yeah so I, I feel like they just they had that scene, you know, the demise of Rose planned out, and they were like, "We're sticking to it." You know, we 
we want to do it this way. We can't move and that away was, from that. Yeah. Um, there's not a third book, is there? No, because I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even know there was Doctor Sleep until like somewhat recently. There's, um, there's not yet. But again, like this is where it, it would break down if they did a third movie. Yeah. Of the third book, Danny's fucking alive at the end of the second book. So oh, it's not like no it's not like Stephen King's going to be like now we're just going to switch all the way to Abra and we're not going to talk about Danny anymore. If he ever picked it back up, Danny would be dealt with. So you know, it, it's kind of implied that he he goes down with. Um, with Overlook Hotel, but yes. you know, there's something that she says in the conversation with him when she was, she said like, "I knew you were okay" or something along those lines. I don't know, but that, yeah, if like that might be like something they could like, oh well, she said this, you know, like and kind of put you out there, like maybe he didn't, right. he didn't go down with it, but yeah, you dude, could make the argument. The dude got his femoral artery sliced open, ripped open. So even if he somehow got out of that that place, you know, yeah. And you know, she would have bled to death anyway. Yeah, he would have bled to death, like pretty quickly, <laughs> from what I understand. Well, it's funny because like you like that's it's a weird, <sighs> like there's so many different things that are just so fucking weird. Like okay, so there was a gigantic snowstorm in The Shining that you needed a sidewinder to travel from. The you you need a sidewinder. Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, you need a snowcat to travel the sidewinder to get to the hotel and to leave the hotel because of all the snow. This movie, they drive up in a car. Mm-hmm. Okay? This movie, fucking building burns down. The fucking fire department. Gigantic fucking fire truck. Which were like two seconds away, by the way. Yeah. Like, like flying down the sidewinder to get to... And it's like... Do you guys... Did you see the first one? Like... Yeah. <laughs> I know that like, you must have seen like pictures because you understand what the set looks like but i feel like you missed the whole thing about how isolated it was it's yeah. like they're right there mm-hmm. I, uh, all right i'll make an argument so many years later maybe they do have more of a population up in that area maybe they do have a fire station that's closer okay yeah fine well, maybe but uh, it was just weird it wasn't that time of the year where it gets really bad you know maybe it could have been on the tail end or just the beginning yeah um but something I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, with the way, you know, I know we talked about, like, her father passing and it didn't change anything. You know, she seems like mm-hmm. she kind of, like, almost lacks the ability to to feel <laughs> in that sense. You know, you, you see so. a lot of, there's a lot of moments where she just seems to take pleasure in death you know, and, like, fucking with these people. You know, like, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did this and this. And then when the guy... When, um, you know, Danny kind of, uh, I'll say he kind of wargs into her. It's a Game of Thrones reference. Ooh. I mean, you know, he kind of like wargs into uh, Abra and, you know, flips the guy into the tree and yeah. she walks out and she's like, I hope this, I hope this hurts. I hope this hurts. Yeah. You know, um, and then Rose talks a lot <clears throat> about how she sees young Rose inside Abra. He was like, I see a lot of myself in you. You know, it's, it seemed like a little bit there, like they're kind of like setting her up to be evil. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I am. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Yeah, I got. That's the sense I got. You know, there's a couple things that kind of made me think that maybe she's like maybe towards the end of the movie they were just gonna reveal the guy. You know, she's actually like how very powerful and you know if you're gonna fuck around with the novel like yeah. you'd really piss off Stephen King if you did this. I'm sure, but yeah. like that would have been fucking crazy. What if what if Abra like sees rose's point and then she's like well let's kill danny 
yeah. <laughs> be totally out of character, but like it would, be, yeah. it would have been something. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been out of character, but also kind of in character because you can see this. There's like this bubbling, you know, yeah. this bubbling something under the surface. Like I heard her really bad, Uncle Dan. I really, I really got her. She screamed, and it, <laughs> it, it, it made me. It made my heart warm. Yeah, you know, well, a lot like, of weird um, stuff going on with her. Have you seen Brightburn? Yeah, I did see Brightburn. I mean, you got this timid weak little kid who finds out that he's really powerful and he gets a taste for what it's like to be really powerful that's what happened to me that's what happened to me no shit talk about this in therapy Mm -hmm. yeah i was bullied 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 and then the one day i finally snapped i went through three fucking rows of desks i grabbed this kid by the throat and i lifted him into the air and i that face that he made that fucking look he just knew that he was fucked if i decided to do anything (laughs) and it never went away i've always like i want to feel that again yeah you know and it's like i gotta constantly kind of be like whoa whoa, whoa, dude you don't need to do that you don't need to do that you're safe you're safe nobody's fucking with you you don't have to do that but uh but yeah no i mean it's an interesting that if you were gonna continue the story i think you hit exactly where you would have to right that's why i I asked if maybe there was a there was a third you know a a continuation in any sense of this storyline written out there that maybe you know she she turns out to not be you know a good a good spirit and that would be fucking incredible i mean she's clearly special it seems like she's one of the most powerful in the whole world it seems like definitely the way they make it seem definitely yeah so to have that that person turn out not to be a good person you know with the best intentions would be pretty wild and just having danny like being like shit yeah you know (laughs) i could have i I was relatively well matched with rose but this girl i i cannot do anything about how evil she is mm-hmm. i can't change it nope. the other thing that like dr sweep has to do and i've heard several people talk about this and i don't know where i stand about it um but it's that you have to like thread the needle uh where you know that portions of dr sweep the novel take place in the past and you know that this is a film medium and it's a sequel to a movie that came out jesus christ like 40 40 years ago the sh- 1980 to 90 Holy 90 God. to 2000 40 2000 wow. to 10 really? yeah 39 39 years almost 40 years ago it's fucking crazy um so you know that like you're not going to be getting shelly duvall <laughs> or like young danny actually i they did get Danny. Um, I'm I'm almost positive. Uh, you, oh, could you look I, this up? I think I read that they did get something like that. Yeah. The, he's he's at the baseball boys game. He's like, watch this kid. He seems like he knows what the pitcher's gonna throw at him before he throws it. Oh, yeah. And it's like, that's I'm pretty him. sure that's Dan. Um, the guy who plays. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the yeah the one that played. Uh, I think his real name is Daniel Lloyd. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I didn't notice it the first two times, but last night when I saw him, I was like, the fucking, his nose, he has a very distinct nose, which is actually, we're going to talk about the, the casting of, we'll get to that in a second. Hang on. We're, we're doing some investigative journalisting. I don't know what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. There's also, let me see. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I need to see something about that. Um, yep, what better way to feature a cameo than have the actual child actor who played Danny? Uh, let's see. Lloyd's cameo marks 41 years since he appeared as the young Danny. Though he is blah, 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 blah. 41? Hmm. The Shining come out earlier than I thought? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, so you get a cameo, but it doesn't say where. Let me see. I'm pretty sure he was that guy. I'd bet oh, money. Yeah. Um, he appears in the crowd during a baseball game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw him last night, and I was like, holy fuck. Um, they didn't really try to match up what he actually looked like now with who they cast as Danny in this movie. Because him and Ewan McGregor share little in common uh, facially. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like one of the things that you have to decide is like, okay, so we know that we're, we're doing flashback scenes for a movie that came out 40 years ago. What do we do? And right now, um, you know, Scorsese has the uh, the Irishman is hitting Netflix in four days, right before Thanksgiving. I'm watching that shit, man. The Irishman. I don't know. Have you heard anything about the Irishman? It is <clears throat> Martin Scorsese's getting back together. He's bringing the gang back together. He's got Robert fucking De Niro. Um, he's got. Joe Pesci, who I haven't seen in anything in fucking forever, which is very exciting. Um, and I think I heard Harvey Keitel is supposed to be in there. Um, and it's the first time Scorsese's worked with Al Pacino, which doesn't sound right, but is 100% true. Mm-hmm. Um, and also fucking Ray Romano. Like, good job Ray. for Ray Romano. Can you imagine that? Ray Romano is a like, stand-up comedian, sitcom actor. Like, just in the last couple of years, he started doing more dramatic things. And now he's working with fucking Scorsese in scenes with De Niro and Pacino. It's fucking nuts. Like, good for him. I'm, like, really happy for Ray. Um, But that movie, they're doing copious amounts of de-aging. So they want to tell a story that spans these characters' entire lives. So you have De Niro as he looks now, and you have a de-aged De Niro as he looked when he was around the time he was in Taxi Driver. Um, looks pretty good. I know that it's, we're getting down to when it's going to release and we're going to get like a full verdict when that happens. But it, the de-aging is actually pretty remarkable for how saggy some of those guys are. It's <laughs> like, it it really is. It's like a, it's like a technological wonder, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, De Niro has jowls, Pacino has jowls. Like, how do you, how do you bring that back? preserve the performance and not look make it look strange no. you know that's a struggle and it looks it does it looks good um so on the technical side of dr sleep i start having questions because some of the recasting i'm like oh my god like the woman that played wendy fucking nailed it dude Mm-hmm. Like, it was her. It was her. She yeah. had the fucking chiclet teeth, you know, the the way she talked, her the mannerisms, mannerisms, everything. Yeah. She was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Carl Lumbly, who, uh, if you guys don't know this, he was the voice of Martian Manhunter on Justice League Unlimited. Um, he's Dick Halloran, and he's 
I mean, even like I remember I went to see Doctor Sleep the first time with Kayla Kennedy and her fiance. I just name dropped motherfucker. She's famous as shit. Um, yeah, no humble brag. I know Kayla Kennedy. Um, she uh, she was even saying like she was like she made like an offhand comment like I think it was the same actor, you know. And it's like that's pretty fucking impressive, like mm-hmm. to to trick Kayla Kennedy's a film buff like we are, you know, and like that that casting is really good. Carl Lumbly really brought it. He sounded like Dick Halloran. His facial expressions, you know, mm-hmm. the way he walked, like Scatman Crothers played uh, Dick Halloran in the original movie, and like Scatman has like the. Uh, kind of he's like a little bit bow-legged you know mm-hmm. and he kind of has like this strange gait because of it kind of like a i don't know like a wavy kind of rolling walk that he has and i feel like carl lumbly even got that down um excellent excellent stuff mm-hmm. the woman that they got to play the ghost the the uh the bathtub lady oh yeah I, it's her i, I don't even it doesn't look any different to me i remember those nipples anywhere yeah hard to forget hard to forget a couple of fine slabs of pepperoni like those um (laughs) i'm so fucking sorry anyways uh so so when you have all of these castings that are so spot on are so good and then you run into castings that are not so good. Mm-hmm. I find it really distracting. <laughs> okay. So what did you think about Danny? I'll ask you that. Young Danny in Doctor Sleep. Oh, young Danny? Yeah, young Danny in Doctor Sleep. Um, I mean, he kind of had the same atrocious haircut. They nailed that. Yeah, that's the, that's the easy part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He didn't really have that many lines. You know, he's very quiet, and mm-hmm. but, I mean, I didn't really put much stock into it. You know, just, I feel like, you know, he wasn't meant to have, like, this big star role. You know, mm-hmm. he was just mm-hmm. kind of there to tell tell the story, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I think he did all right. Yeah? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean... I, I think I've seen The Shining so many times that I'm like, there's got to be no shit. 2,000 kids that look more like Danny than this fucking kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, so. I'm sh- I'm sure that this young man is wonderful, and I'm sure that someday they will make a sequel to this, and they will replace him with Ewan McGregor's son, and, <laughs> you know, I'm sure, you know? But I just was like, it was something where there's one shot, okay, it's right in the very beginning, that he looks over his shoulder at the door. To room 237 and that one shot it was like wow this kid looks so much like him and then they show 237 from his perspective and then they do the reverse and you see him looking at the door mm-hmm. and i was like he doesn't look anything like danny yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at all there's one angle but it actually works mm-hmm. and then it's like he has freckles all over his fucking face i'm like you could have put makeup <laughs> over that shit like Danny was pale as fuck. He like there was no blemishes on Danny's face. He like Danny does not Danny didn't have like a thousand freckles. It was yeah. just really weird to me. Really set me off. Yeah. And then 
I was like, Jesus, I hope that the rest of the castings actually are okay. And then they were like, we'll check out Wendy. And I was like, Jesus. All right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And then they were like, look at Dick Halloran. And I was like, oh, wow. You know? And then they were like, look at the woman in the bathtub. I was like, oh, wow. You know? <laughs> and then they were like, look at Jack Torrance. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. What? Who? What? No. Mm. No. No. Fire him. Now. <laughs> That's the kid from E.T. Who played uh, Jack Torrance? Yep. What? Yeah, that's Elliot. Um, didn't work for me at all, dude. At all. I give him a pass on the voice because, like, Delbert Grady... The story that Jack Torrance is told in the beginning of The Shining is that Charles Grady murdered his family with an axe, put both barrels of a shotgun in his mouth, and blew his brains out. Mm-hmm. Um... But the uh, so so then when Jack meets Grady as a ghost, he meets Delbert Grady. It's an entirely different name, and Delbert has an English accent. Which I'm like, okay, so maybe, maybe. Abra even talks about it at the end of the movie that it's like you're wearing a mask of Danny, but you're the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. So like. Maybe that's what the hotel does. It's like collecting disguises. So the hotel throws on Grady, and it's like, well, no, we're going to call him Delbert. And he has an English accent because me, the spooky hotel, is obviously English because all English people are villains. Yeah. Um, so I kind of give this dude a pass on the whole, like, he doesn't necessarily sound like Jack Nicholson. But you kind of had to look like him. Was there anything stopping them from actually getting Jack Nicholson? And de-aging him like the Irishman? Yeah. Because that's the other thing is like you could have done that with well, certain key performers. Mm-hmm. You know? You can't do it with Scatman Crothers. He's gone. Wendy Duvall is not gone physically, but mentally it's questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could have potentially gotten Jack Nicholson if you if you wanted to and then you would have to spend a lot of money to de-age him i also have another solution which is uh which is all right i've said it for like years i said it when i saw the departed the first time the, the departed came out in 2006 so this is somebody that's already worked with nicholson and it seems like they're friends and he's turned into a pretty good actor over the years. But Leonardo DiCaprio looks just like Jack Nicholson. Like, it's fucking weird. Yeah, I've never compared the two. Dude, look it up. Look up, like, if if they have, like, Jack Nicholson and Leonardo DiCaprio together. And just take a look at the two of them together. It's fucking crazy. And, like, he wouldn't have had to be on set for long. Would have been kind of an interesting surprise. Maybe it would distract people because they'd be like, holy shit, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. But I honestly, it wouldn't have been any more distracting than casting somebody that doesn't look like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they got a few side-by-sides. I could see it. But he even does like the, this is like from, that's real. Mm-hmm. The eyebrow thing. That's from an interview where they're asking if he did celebrity impressions. And he was like, oh, I can do the, I can do the Nicholson eyes. And he did that fucking thing. <laughs> and it looks like it's fucking animated. It doesn't even look like his yeah. face. And Nicholson eyes. Yeah. There's one down there with a, he has a beard. Mm-hmm. That one. 
Yeah. Dude, he looks just like him. Like, if they were going to do, like, an anger management prequel, there he goes. He almost looks like, in that picture, he looks like a mix of, like, Jack Nicholson and Jack Black. Yeah, it's weird. He has a little <laughs> bit extra weight on him in there. But I honestly, like, I feel like I would have been less distracted with just, you know, the, I don't know. It's nothing against the, the it's nothing against Elliot, but just, I don't know, there was something about that that it didn't work mm-hmm. for me. And I feel like DiCaprio, I don't know, it's a wish list thing. It's just something like if I was in charge, I would have probably been like, hey, uh, Leo, you know, you're a friend of Jack Nicholson's, you want to help us out, you know? And I just think that he would have been able to bring something extra to the role that Elliot didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's like this thing where it's like, he's keeping up the facade, like, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm Lloyd. You must have me mistaken with somebody else, sir. You know, he's keeping up this facade. And then when he, he does, there's a point where it breaks and where Danny finally like provokes Jack enough to where Jack's like, you know, this is medicine. You know, and mm-hmm. he like he actually like sort of shifts back into regular Jack, and he asks him like, "Are you gonna take your medicine?" You know, and it's like I feel like DiCaprio could have done that better, like that fucking that that switch. Yeah, I feel like this guy. I didn't. I felt like it should have been a marked change in personality. I didn't get that feeling. It didn't yeah. feel that. Didn't like, feel it. No. You know, I feel like when the when Jack drops the ruse that he's not Lloyd. And finally is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're right. I'm fucking with you. You know, I feel like it should have been a bigger thing. There's only one shot where it comes across. And it's when they do switch out of the profile side view of him. And he's leaning across the counter. And he says, like, are you going to take your medicine? And it's like, okay, that's a little bit more like Jack. But then, like, they keep intercutting this fucking guy, like, walking through the hotel. And he's like, Danny boy! And it's like, that's, I've seen better costumes, like, at Halloween, man. I'm sorry. It fucking, (laughs) it fucking killed me, dude. It it took me right out of it so hard. So hard. Um, So, I don't know. That's a, that's a big complaint for me. Um, Everything else, I mean, I think overall, I enjoyed the movie. Overall, I'd watch it again. I've seen it three times. I don't see any reason for me to stop watching it now. I haven't noticed anything that stands out to me as being particularly atrocious. Yeah. yeah. How do you How do you feel? Thought it was all right. Yeah. I mean, it didn't blow me out of the water. But yeah. I didn't think it was as bad as everyone said it was. No. So. Yeah. I um. I say it's the uh, it's the Hocus Pocus sequel. That uh, we didn't ask for, but we got the Hocus. Oh yeah, the Hocus Pocus didn't come out, right? Like the sequel. No, it's no. they're they working on it for years. I don't know if there's honestly a thing, but I uh, know I just I'm making a joke. Cause oh they, okay, all right, all right. They like them sucking the like the soul. Oh of people shit! And like to live longer, it just seems very Hocus Pocusy. And I'm like, this is the Hocus Pocus sequel <laughs> that we didn't ask for, but we got. You, you just know? blew my fucking mind. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Like, Whoa. Like, instead of just holding the child and just like sucking their soul straight from them, they murder them first and then bottle it up. And that's like a modernized thing. It's like, we can put this here. So if we ever need it, we can go back to it. You just <laughs> fucking blew my mind, dude. I did not put that together. 
Whoa. <laughs> we got to go back to the drawing board now. Let's see how this relates. <laughs> yeah. But, is yeah, it a sequel it... to The Shining or Hocus Pocus? Yeah. You have to it, make a decision. I'm telling you, man. Wow. It's, it's oddly similar. I fucking, like, I knew I had seen this shit before. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Why, is, why is this familiar? Put it together. Yeah. I mean, just the look of sad, like, almost like orgasmic satisfaction on their face when they're just breathing this stuff in. Like, this is like making them. I was half drunk. I was half drunk. <laughs> when she, when she, like, she took it in her mouth. And then the the snake bite Andy was there, and mm-hmm. she was like, and she like blew it into snake bite snake bite Andy's mouth. The snake bite Andy was like, ah, yeah. and her eyes rolled back in her head, and I was like, I'm fucking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna whack off right now. And you kept trying to pull my hand away from my it's stuff, like, and I wouldn't stop it. Stop. No, I couldn't stop. There's no one here. The, <laughs> yeah, the theater is empty. Yeah. They have mops. Your ball shouldn't be. <laughs> I like that we have cultivated a family-friendly show. Yeah. It makes me feel proud of our accomplishments. We do it for people of all ages. We really do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, man. That's it. Dr. Sleep. It was pretty good. And uh, I think I'd like to say that I, I, I liked it more. I had no problems with Ewan McGregor, which normally I'm kind of, I'm always on the fence about him and his acting ability. I feel like a lot of people are like, he's such a great actor. And I'm like, he's a serviceable. No. He'll, he'll do fine, I guess. I'm nervous because he's playing one of my favorite Batman villains in Birds of Prey. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. Uh, but he sounds just like him in the trailers that they released. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm getting on board with the Ewan McGregor train as things progress. Um... So next week, we're getting together to we'll do the Mothman Prophecies movie, which will be fun. That's right. I'm excited to get into that. Um, I've been doing semi-regular updates on the WT Fada YouTube channel, mostly about uh, Batman casting news, which has been fucking in high gear. Um, yesterday, they cast John Totoro as Carmine Falcone who's a mob boss in Gotham from the comics. And I couldn't be happier with that decision. John Totoro is an amazing actor, whether he's doing something funny, like, uh, you know, we mentioned Anchor Management a few minutes ago. Last night you mentioned, uh, what was the other one? Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds. I don't know why I was thinking Mr. Banks. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mr. Deeds. So he's, he's great in comedies, and then he's incredible in dramatic roles he was shooter in another stephen king adaptation secret window um he's worked with the cohen brothers a lot and uh he's just a great actor so i'm excited to see that and uh yeah the batman cast you got robert pattinson zoe kravitz paul dano jeffrey wright uh andy circus is playing alfred john Totoro. Carmine Falcone and uh, still waiting on finding out if Colin Farrell is actually going to play the Penguin Yeah, which is really strange it's a weird choice but I'm into it um, so yeah check us out on YouTube uh, check us up on the check us out on the Stardust app I am going to see Knives Out tonight which is the new Ryan Johnson film um, I'll get on there and I'll do my Door of the Explorer review <sighs> 
I'm dying. I can't wait for it. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Um, I talked about our plans for the future, and we're gonna put we're gonna start doing like audio video versions of the podcast that we'll put on YouTube. I think it'll be really fun. I want to kick that off with the most anticipated movie of the year, Cats. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be a good one to start doing video for. Um, you heard it here, Cats. Cats. Yeah, December twenty first. Mm-hmm. December twenty first episode. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be great. And last little plug is the uh, the the giveaway. It's still up, it's still up for grabs. Twenty five dollar Amazon gift card, and the full WT Fada sticker range. Uh, six different designs, six different beautiful stickers. Um, Got them all here in front of me. Yeah, it's amazing. You can get our ugly mugs, and you can put them wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Wherever you want, anywhere. anywhere, except your mic stand. I tried to stick that on my mic stand, and the material that the mic stand is made out of is not very kind to uh, adhesion. Oh, I think I'm gonna have to get some Mod Podge or something. I'll fix that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's it, guys. Um. As always. Thank you for checking out the show, and uh, we'll see you next week. I'm so happy that I'm back with John. I've missed him. I missed my boy. Have a wonderful day, guys, and shine on. Shine on.